Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sincerely Kile. So tonight I really wanted to tackle the subject of fear. And when I talk about fear, I'm talking about fear in the perspective of a parent, of a mom, of a dad, but more so my experience with fear. Um, As I'm recording this episode, of course, during this time, we're going through so much emotionally and I just feel like I've been heavy this last week or so. We're going through a quarantine. You know, we're having emotions that are all over the place. Sometimes they're high emotions. Sometimes they're low emotions. Sometimes we don't even know what the heck we're feeling. Um, I don't know if you guys feel me on that, but that's how it's been for me, you know. Um, So that's hard. But then we get hit with things like, the injustice in America over and over and over again. And so we remember names like George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and it hits fear on a different level coming from a black mom, a black wife, raising black kids, married to a black husband. Um, and it, it, it affects me so deep because the fear is so deep. Um, of course I worry, you know, at this time, you know, my son is six, my son is, my other son is two. And it's hard to imagine as they grow what the world would perceive them as. It's hard to imagine that the boys that I am raising to be men of integrity to be loving men, to be hardworking men, to be respectful men. The boys that I'm raising to be those men may one day encounter a world that doesn't see them that way. That they may encounter a world that sees them as a threat, that sees them as a possible suspect, that sees them as someone who doesn't belong here, that sees them as someone to run from, that sees them as someone to call the cops on, that sees them as their life isn't worthy on this world, on this earth. My husband, a man that I know to be a loving husband, a loving father, a respectful man, a man with a huge heart, but to know that the world might not see him that way, that they may see him as a threat, that they don't know the type of family man he is, how he loves his family, how he loves his friends. And that saddens me. It makes me fearful every day. And I just want to talk on that because it's so hard being a mom as is. It's so hard being a parent as is. And then you tackle on these difficult situations, these difficult life journeys that we have to navigate through. We have to learn how to have those tough conversations with our kids that for me, I don't even know how to have those conversations with my kids because how much do I tell them? How much of my fear do I project on them without making them fearful of their every move? Because we have to be careful on how we navigate these conversations. Um, I don't want to 
project my fears onto my children. Um, I really am still straddling the line on how to navigate the conversation with Hunter because he's my oldest, he's six, and Jackson's only three. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to make him fearful of all police officers. I don't want to invert the racist, the racism on his side where he goes out and he thinks every white person is a bad person, you know? So I feel like we have to navigate the conversations and however old our kids are. I know Hunter's six and we had those conversations. We had the conversation with him at his level. You know, we watched the Ruby Bridges movie. We explained to him um, what was going on in the movie at every part. But I also don't want to navigate that conversation and, and tell to him, you know, what do you do when a police officer comes up to you? You know, what are you, you know, I, I believe that it's going to take time for me to get there. And I believe that I, I have, a, you know, it's hard to say that you have time in the, in these uncertain days. But I just want to share with you guys, um, my sister was outside with Hunter and a fire truck rolled past and um, him and my niece was outside and they asked, what was the noise? And my, and my sister says, a, a fire truck. And she said, well, and Hunter said, well, I hope it's not the police. Hey, police, it's just a little boy. And she said, well, Hunter, why would you say that? And he said, because they may think I'm the culprit. And she said, it's sad that he says that, but how does he know what a culprit is? And we all know Hunter, you know, he's very mature for his age. He's very intelligent for his age. Um, and it, it hurt me in that moment because it's like my kid already has that fear inside of him. And, you know, I watched that video of the 10-year-old who, you know, when he saw the cop, he ran behind the truck because he was fearful of his life. And how do we draw that line where we're not making our kids fearful of every move of their life? but also making them aware. And that's the confusion that I have. It's saddening that they have to even think about doing regular things like going for a jog, riding their bike, wearing a hood on their sweatshirts. And I don't want them to be fearful of police because police are here, here to protect us, but it also... It's just very saddening. It's very frustrating. It makes me angry to even have to have these conversations. But we do. That's our reality. There's so many fears around that particular issue that causes me heartache, that causes me anxiety, that causes, causes me worry. But if you ask me as a mom, what are my fears? There's so many of them. Some days I fear that I'm not doing enough. Some days I fear that I'm not teaching them enough. Some days I fear that what I say is going in one ear and out the other. Sometimes I fear that my kids may grow up and experience these same things 
that they will experience interacting with a racial cop, a racist cop, a racist civilian, a racist American who doesn't think of them as a fellow American, but thinks of them as a threat, as a fear on their life. That's my biggest fear. But I would be remiss to not mention the fear of just living life. And I know that being a Christian, we should not be fearful for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love and a sound mind. But there's times I'm very fearful of them walking out, my husband or my sons walking out and being killed by anybody. And my heart is heavy because... May 29th is my uncle's birthday, and he was murdered by a man who thought he had the privilege and the power and the authority and the say-so to take his life. He didn't know that he was one of my favorite people in the world. He didn't know that he was my grandmother's only son. He didn't know that he was my mom's only brother. He didn't know the huge heart that he had for his friends and family. He didn't know that he would give and give and give. And that saddens me because although it was not someone of the other race, it was still someone who took his life. And I just want to touch on that as a mom because I know that there are two different battles And I feel guilty even bringing it up or talking about it. But at the same time, I have to be honest with myself as a mom. I'm fearful of all of that. I'm fearful of so many things in life. And this episode is strictly on fear. So I'm fearful of so many things in life. You know, there's so many uncertainties in today's world. There's so many conversations that I've had with my niece about her losing so many friends at a young age. Conversations with a friend of ours who lost her nephew to a drive-by shooting. You watch the news, which I try not to do, but you see a 71-year-old killed. Six-year-olds, four-year-olds, babies, and kids are being shot down in our streets, in our communities. So my fear for my kids as a a mom comes from so many different angles, so many different uncertainties. There's so many uncertainties that I think we are having a one-sided conversation. And I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody but myself. I'm only speaking on behalf of me as a mom, as Hunter and Jackson's mom, as a Black mom in America. Um, the one-sided conversation, um, as I stated before, this is a two-sided battle. Of course, racial injustice is super important, but we also have to tackle another fear. And if you're not fearful, then that's fine. But for me, I have that fear because I've experienced that fear. And I know a lot of people say, 
you know, well, the difference is those people go to jail and I understand that. However, what I what I want you to understand is coming from somebody who has been through that, the hurt and the sadness and the anger and the pain and the memories and the visuals hit the same. The murderer that took my uncle's life to be in that courtroom and to watch him and his family defend him as if he was just a regular person on a regular day, that pain hits hard. To have to move out of my apartment that I was super excited about because I was fearful, because I had nightmares, because I had visuals. I was called from work, at work. I was at work that day when my mom called and I could not. My mom kept calling and calling and calling and calling and I could not, I could not gather myself. I literally went under my desk my supervisor would not let me leave until some, someone got to my job to get me. That emotional process is the same. That hurt hits the same. So when we say, well, yeah, the person goes to jail, you're pretty much disregarding the feelings and the heartache and the pain of those family members and those friends that have to go through what they have to go through by losing someone. So that's what I want people to stop saying, that because the person goes to jail, no, we need to protest. We need to fight for these. this baby. He, This 11-year-old, this is the most recent one that, you know, have come has come across, um, and I could not get myself together. I, I cried my eyes out, and my heart aches for that mom because I have a 12-year-old nephew. My son is six. You know, and we speak about those things and and I think about that and I'm like, we need to be protest, protesting for him. We need to be fighting for him. We need to be making sure that we do something that turns this around somehow, some way. Because at the end of the day, we're fighting this huge battle of racial injustice, of, of white people, of um, cops, racist cops and racist civilians attacking us because, because of the color of our skin. Fight hard. And y'all know I'm all for it, period. Y'all know Black Lives Matter all day to me. But then I have to think about being a mother and how it affects us. When that mother lost her son, when I see the multiple kids that were killed in Chicago, when I see the multiple kids that are killed right here in D.C., my heart aches. And I don't know why this one hit so hard, but this one hit hard and it, it made my heart ache as if I knew him, as if I knew his mother. And that's what I'm talking about. We are one so that fear hits the same. That fear, that hurt, that sadness, missing them year after year after year after year. It never gets easy. It hurts the same. And a lot of times we don't even know. Like for me, I follow my uncle's case and I found out that his murderer is supposed to get out on good behavior. 
And I'm like, what? And that's a lot of things people don't understand. Like behind the scenes, family and friends have to go through that. We have to reminisce on the court cases. We have to keep up with what happens to the murderer that took our family members or friends' lives. We have to we have to deal with if they never get caught. We have to deal with if they don't get what they deserve. We have to deal with the anger and the and it's 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 so much that we have to consider and we can't be one sided when it comes to black lives matter when it comes to black families matter when it comes to black children matter when it comes to black men matter it, it's not when we black women matter it's not one sided it's not only when someone of the other race is taking our lives it has to be well rounded it has to go full circle on this thing. And so as a mother, as a wife, I have those fears. And me working in um, education, I worked in education. I worked at Fairmont, Fairmont Heights High School Um and having that relationship with those kids where, you know, some of the times when we had a snow day, I will be happy as a teacher. Like, oh, we got a snow day. But then to know that some of my kids wasn't going to eat for that day, when we had a two-hour delay, I will be excited. Two-hour delay, I, I get to stay in bed. But to understand that when I got there, my kids were hungry and they were starving because Miss K, I ain't have no breakfast because because we had a two hour delay today. So we have to open our minds, like even myself. When I heard the stories, when I heard that most of their parents are the same age as me, when I heard that most of them was in ninth and tenth grade special education, by the way, but they were taking on responsibilities of raising their siblings. We have to open our mindset to understand that everybody does not have the same privileges as us as Black people. And that's what we've been trying to get across. That Black lives, black lives should matter in any aspect, in any financial status. So that meme, I love that meme when it was like, tell your bougie friends, all Black lives matter and, and, and their law degree or their big house or their nice community isn't going to save them at the end of the day. And we have to understand that. And I think a lot of us are, we want to be open-minded, but we're, we're too close-minded to understand that a lot of our kids are afforded the opportunity to be in these nice neighborhoods, to not have the risk of walking out and being shot by a drive-by bullet. But I know people, I've communicated with people, I've sent my condolences to people that have those children and they're living in these neighborhoods because they don't have any other choice and they have to deal with this. They have to deal with how we say Trayvon Martin was just walking back home with his hood on and, and a bag of Skittles. They have to deal with their kid walking to the corner store and not coming back because some idiot wanted to do a drive-by and shoot random bullets or some idiot had a beef with somebody from another hood and they wanted to do a drive-by or they wanted to just shoot somebody else and the bullet went somewhere else. These parents have that fear. On a daily basis, they have that fear. I've had that fear. 
when my grandmother lived in D.C., still does. Going into her neighborhood, which is a one way in, one way out, I have, I've had that fear. I felt that fear. As a black person, we might feel ashamed about it, but we've, if you've never had, I've had that fear. Well, I'm like, well, let me hurry up and get to my car. And it feels bad, but the fear is still there. And we can't lie about it. So we can't sit up here in front like we're black and all black lives matter. And we ain't never, you know, side-eyed another black person because we were fearful of them. Cut the crap, bruh. Like, cut the crap. I've had that fear. Because I know what type of neighborhood I'm in. I know what's happening in this neighborhood. I've been around it since I've been growing up. I've seen somebody get robbed at gunpoint. I've seen this stuff. I've lived this stuff. I've known people who were looking for my dad in in multiple areas of my life. Like, And you have to understand that that fear is real. And so when you've lived it and when you've seen it, you know it. But that don't mean you're not fearful of it. So I just want the conversation to be brought in a little bit. I want the fight to be brought in a little bit. I want the protest to be brought in a little bit. And I'm going to continue to fight for my children's future in all areas, in all aspects. Because it just doesn't stop at the white cops. It doesn't stop at the, the Karens of the world. It doesn't stop there. We got to do better. And so I'm going to end this episode with, you know, thank you guys for tuning in. And I know my um, opinion or what I say may not be the popular belief, but again, this episode is a mother's fear, a flood of fear. And these are my fears as, as a black mother. These are my fears as a mom on top of every other mom fear that we have. And so... We say their names again. Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Elijah McClain, and last but not least, Breonna Taylor. We fight for justice for them. We pray for their families. We uplift our community. We stand together. We pray together. We protect one another. We show love to one another. And we got to change the narrative, y'all. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sincerely Kile. Check y'all on the next episode. Peace. la 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 la